It's episode 585 of the Locked on Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I'm talking about the Rangers taking two out of three from the reigning world champs after a horrible Friday night, some key roster moves, and how the Rangers have absolutely done Willie Calhoun completely wrong in his entire career, but especially right now. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick, a crippling Texas Rangers baseball addict since 2010, here to talk about a wild and a wacky and absolutely jam-packed weekend of Texas Rangers baseball. The Rangers took two out of three from the reigning champs, the Atlanta Braves. They also had Nolan Ryan show up. They also made some very big roster moves. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Yeah, that's right. It's Bet Online. That's where the game starts. You know, they got more more profitable odds and lines than ever before. Go check them out. BetOnline.net. Bet Online where the game starts. Now, let's get into these first couple of games. I guess these these last two games. I did put out a Saturday episode, a bonus episode. My buddy Matt was in town, longtime friend, Texas Tech, uh, fellow longtime suffering baseball addict of the Texas Rangers baseball team. And so we talked about his view, uh, our first trip to Globe Life Field. The audio is a little weird because it's literally just two of us using one mic, but uh, good quality content and great to have an old friend like Matt on the show. And uh, yeah, just a lot of fun baseball talk with him and not a fun night. I mean, it was fun, you know, seeing baseball with your friends, seeing a new stadium is always kind of fun. And I got to see Lindsey Crosby there on Friday night, but the baseball game for the Texas Rangers was not great. And I was like, okay, well, we were, we were bemoaning. Oh, this sucks. Oh man, these three young, young pitchers, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if any of them are going to stick in the rotation. I even talked about that with Grant Schiller last week as well. It's like, okay, well, you got Taylor Hearn, Dane Dunning, and Spencer Howard. And I'm like, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be starters on the next contending Texas Rangers team. And Spencer Howard gets optioned after a, you know, not as rough as some of his other outings, but still decently rough. And I, I think that's the best place for him right now is to be optioned to AAA, where he can go and actually work and get better because the guy is all over the place. He only used his, his fastball and his cutter, and he only went two innings, and one of those innings was really good. The other inning was not. And so, I don't know. Him being in AAA is going to give him some time to figure things out. Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? And I think he very much needs that, and the Rangers need that, because they need to make a decision on him pretty much this year, because you know he's kind of in a similar situation as the Phillies. Not quite as dire. He does have you know a couple of years here or at least a year and a half, basically, to figure it out if he's going to be a starter or a multi-inning reliever because the Rangers aren't contending this year yet. But I don't know. It, the way they looked these last two games, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they kind of start to even the odds. Because, I mean, they're not quite a contending team right now, but they just didn't Atlanta dirty. And I know Atlanta's kind of struggling right now, and they did pull out a guy for the Sunday start who they just called up and uh, did not look good at all. But this was this was some really great baseball the last couple of days from the Texas Rangers. They talked all about applying pressure and they did that to 
you know, their opponents with some of the aggressive base running and aggressive tactics that they did. And they also kind of did that to Willie Calhoun, uh, who I will talk about later because I am so fired up. I need to get to these games before I just go off on a tangent about how completely screwed Willie Calhoun has been by this Texas Rangers team. But that's enough about this stupid uh, Friday night game. Let's get into the game of the weekend. Dane Dunning with the start of his freaking life. Dane Dunning, I would like to formally issue an apology for ever criticizing the fact that you could be a competent, if not great, starter for the Texas Rangers. What a freaking performance by him. The longest start of any Texas Ranger pitcher this season, longest start of his career. Seven and two-thirds innings, could have probably gone eight, seven strikeouts, no walks, no home runs, just four hits and one run, which was earned. Wow. What a performance by Dane Dunning. The guy was absolutely mowing him down, painting so well in the first couple of innings and continued to cruise for basically this entire game. Like He looked nasty. The slider was working. The two-seamer was going exactly where he wanted. This is exactly what you wanted to see. Grant and I were bemoaning a little bit that he hadn't really been great at... uh, His control hadn't been great. His ability to stay in the strike zone, which his raw stuff is not imposing which is fine you can survive as a pitcher when your raw stuff is imposing if you can hit your spots now he has eight walks in 26 innings right now that is now 2.8 walks per nine innings which is much much better strikeouts per nine are at exactly nine exactly one strikeout per inning pitched you love to see his era is down below four i believe it was above five before this game and he just had a phenomenal start everything that you wanted to see I think we were we, we knew we were a little premature to say, you know, plant the flag, oh, Dane Dunning's dead, but we were right to raise a little flag of caution of like, hey, this guy is a control command guy, and if he's not controlling or commanding, then that leaves some uh, some big question marks about him. But he was hitting his spots. I think part of it was just, you know, it's shortened. I, I've said it a hundred times, but <laughs> the, the shortened spring training, the uh, quick ramp up to the season guys aren't quite there yet it you'd think it affects pitchers more than hitters but the rangers pitchers had themselves a heck of a weekend the hitters are finally starting to find themselves as well uh cory seager especially has had a three game home run stretch didn't get one on sunday but is absolutely raking in his last few games his last seven games for instance he has 27 at bats in that time he has three home runs in there Three walks, three strikeouts, hitting 333 on base of 400, slugging 667. That'll freaking play. And if we're about to get a hot Corey Seeker, that is going to do a lot of great things for this Texas Rangers offense. Hopefully we can get a hot Marcus Simeon pretty soon. I'm starting to see some sign, but I'm, I'm a little a little concerned as well. Um, but, you know, he, he's definitely got it in there. But Corey Seeker has been absolutely lights out lasering baseballs left right and center literally left right and center the guy hits to all fields and he's getting on base and his bat heating up like this is going to be a lot of fun to watch last 15 games it hasn't been quite as hot on base has been below 300 it's really just kind of been this week is when he started to really figure it out he's been hitting the baseball hard he's been walking he hasn't been striking out a whole bunch like it's it's been just about there you could see it the numbers haven't really bared out they haven't been bad because he had you know i think three hits in his first couple of games and you know multi-hit games for his first i believe that whole first weekend in toronto but 
the guy is a incredible play, an incredible baseball player, and him heating up, plus these starting pitchers looking like they are turning around a little bit, will be huge, huge, huge for this team to start evening the odds and making the record look a little bit more like how they should be as a baseball team. But we also had a great Sunday game, a great performance from Taylor Hearn. Well, not great, but much better and a encouraging performance for sure on Sunday. And Nolan Ryan was there and there were some things said about the great Nolan Ryan. And we're going to get into all of that and a little bit of roster moves as well. But first, this word from our sponsors. And this this episode is sponsored by Bet Online. That's right. I told you guys about it. I'm telling you guys about it again. It's Bet Online. It's the best place for all of your sports wagering needs. They got the, the number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You know, you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, go check out the Locked On Now podcast recaps and it'll be games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's get into this Sunday game just a smidge because it was a pretty darn good one for the Texas Rangers. They hung seven on the reigning champs. They absolutely demolished old Kyle Muller. Pretty sure he's going to get sent back down to the minors because uh, six walks and two and two thirds innings is not what you want out of your starting pitcher. The Rangers chased him from the game. He did not even make it through the third inning. He did strike out three, and that was about the end of his good stuff. He allowed 10 base runners in two and two thirds innings. Seven of those scored. All seven were earned runs. Those were the only runs that scored were all charged to him. Jesse Chavez did allow did allow a bases clearing triple from Adolis Garcia. So it didn't technically allow all the runs of Muller, but they were all charged to his line. And Adolis Garcia, man, he got a hold of one from former Ranger great Jesse Chavez, hit the crap out of it in a diving misplay by Travis Demerit in right field, lets the ball go past him, and Adolis was absolutely motoring. It was good hustle by Demerit to, um, you know, get there and, and and make up after his misplay not to get to the initial ball but to get up after his misplay because Adolis could have had an inside the park home run just like Demerit had in the Friday game but good play to recover from that a lovely lovely bases clearing triple one of two count them two hits with runners in scoring position for the Texas Rangers in 14 opportunities they left 10 runners on base and they still scored seven runs this was an impressive performance by the Texas Rangers. Some aggressive base running as well. He had stolen bases from Adolis Garcia, who had his fourth quietly. I kind of forgot that Adolis has already had four stolen bases. He's also got four home runs. Nick Solak had his first deal of the season. Andy Abanias had his third stolen base of the season off of former Ranger great Darren O'Day. Yeah, that's right, Darren O'Day, a blast from the freaking past. But Taylor Hearn, really encouraging start, really economical which with his pitch count did throw 85 or 89 pitches. 58 of those were for strikes for staying in the zone pretty well. A little walk happy early, three walks in this one, but kind of calmed down and got through it towards the end of the game. Six strikeouts. 
two runs. Both of those were earned four hits as well in five innings, his longest start of the season. Good to see him going five innings and being a little bit more economical with his pitch count. That's one of the things that I loved about him last year in the starting rotation is they didn't allow him to go. I don't think he threw 100 pitches except for maybe once last year because he was transitioning out of that multi-inning role into the starting rotation, but he was still able to go five, six, seven innings, most outings. This year has not been the same being economical with his pitch count, but this was a good start to get back on track. With that, I think he's going to be closer to having the, the innings and er, the pitch count limit removed. I think that's kind of going to be the case with all of these guys because you know we're about a month into the season. We are in the second month. Dane Dunning did throw 98 pitches in his stellar start. 69 of those were strikes, which I think that was pretty nice of them. And uh, oh, by the way, Joe Barlow got his first save of the season in that one. The Rangers closer, first save of the season in a perfect inning absolutely perfect from the rangers bullpen santana came in and got the final out of that eighth inning but uh yeah pretty good stuff from the rangers bullpen so far this weekend uh, outside of outside of friday friday was a mess saturday and sunday much better from this bullpen we've been one of the best in baseball over the last 10 days or so since they started a win streak in seattle the final game there and a couple of games in oakland and even against the astros the bullpen was pretty solid and in this series outside of the disaster of Friday. They've been really solid. They've really turned things around. I think a large part of that was not having Greg Holland pitch in uh, in big situations and not having him pitch, well, in any situations because uh, sadly to say he is washed and he has washed away and is no longer on this roster in this bullpen. And the Rangers are keeping their bullpen pretty big with some of the roster moves that they are making they are taking away one of their many, many left-handers. They have a lot of left-handers in this bullpen. Uh, only one in the starting rotation, but a lot of left-handers in the bullpen, a lot of multi-inning guys. And uh, one of the guys who they optioned was Colby Allard. But because they optioned him before the deadline that is uh, yeah, now as I'm recording this, or 30 minutes ago as I'm recording this, they are able to bring him back in 10 days as opposed to uh, 15 days if they had kept him on the roster after that, if they had optioned him after the noon Eastern deadline on Monday. So they're keeping those options open. They also optioned a few other guys. Sam Huff was optioned back. So I, I was a little worried about Sam Huff being called up because of some of the worrying stuff about his strikeout rate, even in double A last year. I was a little worried about the bat and, you know, and just so much bad happened to basically everybody that was called up prematurely in 2020 from high A. There's literally no reason for the Rangers to do that, and it completely derailed the careers of a couple of people. They might have derailed the Odie's career. It's looking like he's getting it back on track, and Huff, maybe. But I was worried if they called him up, even for like one game, which, by the way, shout out to Sam Huff, who caught Dane Dunning's incredible start. That is nice to see them developing some chemistry because Sam Huff is going to be a catcher for the Texas Rangers for a long, long time. And hopefully Dane Dunning is going to be in the starting rotation for a long time. So it's nice to see them developing that chemistry. And that is something you can absolutely build on. If Dane Dunning has the best starters career with Sam Huff, then he's going to be very happy when he comes back up. But offensively, he didn't look completely overmatched. He looked fine, looked solid. Congratulations to Jonah Heim, who is welcoming a new baby into the world. So he was off the roster for this weekend to go celebrate the birth of his child. Congratulations to Jonah and the whole Heim crew including the barbecue people. I get. I guess you get to have um, another, for your namesake, maybe another great baseball player if he takes after his father. But yeah, shout out to Jonah Heim, or uh, 
yeah, Jonah Heim and Sam Huff and just catchers in general. Just shout out catchers because, you know, Rangers have some pretty nice catching options at this point. But yeah, Colby Allard's option. Spencer Howard also option. Talked about that a little bit earlier. Zach Rex was called up. And uh, shout out to Zach Rex, who got his first major league hit, his first two major league hits, actually. That's exciting. That is wonderful. He had a little bit of time up with the Dodgers, I believe, 10 games last year. Something something not not very much. He didn't get a whole lot of plate appearances in there. He was 10 plate appearances and uh, and six games. Yeah, no, six games, 10 plate appearances with the Dodgers. He did score a run. He did reach base a couple times, but struck out seven times in his first 10 plate appearances in the major leagues last year with the Dodgers. So they cut bait with him this year through uh, through two games. He's hitting 400, a couple of singles, caught stealing, you know, fine. Solid work. Congratulations to the 28-year-old who is actually making a difference on this roster. I'm not sure he's going to stay here. And you may be asking, why not Leody? Why not Leody? Why are the Rangers making these other options? And I, I have a lot of questions about the options that the Rangers have taken, the moves that they have made, and how they have done Willie Calhoun wrong. And I'm going to get into that. But first, to ramp up, to give me some energy for this absolute heater I'm about to lay on you. I, I, I got to get myself a Bilt Bar. This episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Actually, well, I, I do have some Bilt Bars in my fridge. I'm not going to literally pause the recording to go get one because I'm on a bit of a time crunch. Because, you know, Cowboys got to record, talk about their stuff. But, you know, they, they also like Bilt Bars. Cowboys like Bilt Bars. Willie Calhoun likes Bilt Bars. Allegedly, I don't know if Chris Woodward likes Bilt Bars. I don't know if he can appreciate the great taste. If the Rangers, in general, their front office, their decision makers can appreciate the great taste of Bilt Bars that are covered in 100% chocolate. I don't know if they deserve something that tastes so good and is also good for you that's 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein in the average bill i'm not sure if they deserve that but i know willie calhoun does the guy has been working really really hard and uh you know when you work hard you you deserve yourself a built bar who has gotten himself into much better shape maybe by eating built bars i'm not going to say that it, it isn't that i'm not going to say that it is but it, it might be and if you want to, you know, be like Willie Calhoun and get yourself into better shape and eat something that's delicious that, you know, some certain decision makers that I'm mad at right now, I don't think they deserve it. Maybe they do. But if they want to if they want to check it out, if any of you want to check it out, if Willie Calhoun wants to check it out because he hasn't currently, you can go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, the Rangers have completely screwed Willie Calhoun. They have completely screwed him at every single turn. He has gotten screwed by baseballs hitting his face, by them hitting his arm, by the Rangers trying to change who he is as a hitter, and by not giving him the chance to stay and stick it out. The Rangers decided to option him after Sunday's game to get him back on track. Now, I talked a little bit last week in depth about how Willie Calhoun's advanced numbers show that he is much better than what his regular numbers are showing right now. But his regular numbers aren't good. And the advanced numbers are trending just a smidge down. So I will I will give credence to some of the things the Rangers are saying. But here's what his, his regular numbers are right now. 18 games, 53 plate appearances. So less than less than three plate appearances per game, which indicates that he is not getting the full chance to go wire to wire on these games. They're pulling him for, you know, pinch hitters or pinch hitting him for 
other players and not giving him a whole lot of consistency. But in those 53 plate appearances so far, he's got three doubles. He's got one home run, a couple RBIs, eight walks, six strikeouts. So more walks and strikeouts. But the slash line numbers aren't great. They're actually pretty bad. Hitting 136 on base of 283. Now that's right, 150 points better on his on base than his batting average. And he's slugging just 273. That is a 556 OPS. Now let's look at some of the other guys that are in the, uh, I don't know, they're kind of questionable. Uh, they're pretty much struggling to uh, stay afloat and to contribute at the big league level. Well, Cole Calhoun, who's 34 years old, who is not a part of the Ranger future. They have an option for him next year, which at this point is almost assuredly not going to be picked up because he's been even worse than Willie Calhoun. Oh, oh, but his batting average is better. He's hitting 155 as opposed to one. 136. Well, look at his on base. His on base is literally 100 points lower than Willie's. 183. And his slugging percentage, 100 points lower than uh, Willie's. 172 versus 273. That is a 200-point difference in OPS. Yeah, he's providing a little bit of decent defense. He's also old, and that defense is going to get even worse as it progresses. But, oh, oh well, let's look at Brad Miller. Uh, Shirley Brad Miller, the hero of opening week, hitting a home run in his first plate appearance with the Rangers. Yeah, since then, it's been pretty bad. He's got a 545 OPS, which is below Willie's, and he had two home runs in the first couple of games to give himself that cushion. And since then, it has been bad. He's hitting under 200, 192 on base. I know, I know, um, I, I had the same thing about batting average. On base is 218, which is, you know, almost 50 points lower than Willie's. And he's slugging 327, which is a little bit better than Willie. But again, he had those two home runs and a double. And I believe the first, all of those in the first weekend, he might have had the double a little bit later, but he has not been hitting the ball hard. And defensively, oh, but he can play a bunch of different positions. Yeah, he can play a bunch of different positions badly. Willie Calhoun is a better left fielder than Brad Miller at this point. He is on par Pretty similar to Nick Solak, who has a 736 OPS, has just been fine. He's been fine. Okay to fine. And I get it that Willie is a left-handed hitter, and there's a lot of other left-handed hitters, but I'm mostly comparing him with Cole Calhoun and Brad Miller, who at this point have been pretty cheeks. Honestly, pretty not great. You look at his advanced numbers. The strikeout rate and the walk rate have been incredible. Strikeout rate is in the top 7% of all of baseball. The walk percent in top 9% of baseball, his whiff rate is swing and miss, is in the top 1% of baseball, and his chase rate in the top 3%. Top 3%! This guy is staying in the zone, he knows what kind of hitter he is, and his max exit velocity is in the top quarter of baseball, expected WOBA in the top 40% of baseball, average exit velocity is top 40% of baseball. He's, he's getting hits. He's getting, he's hitting the ball hard. He's not getting the actual hits because fielders happen to be there, but he is doing incredible work. He is profiling as somebody who's going to have a very high on base and, you know, he's not the best base runner. He did make one base running mistake that I think is getting ratcheted up way too much and not being aggressive that probably could have tied the game on on friday or in, in i think it was on friday or maybe maybe it was no no it was against the astros and that probably could have helped tie the game or maybe give the rangers the lead i thought it was is pretty 50 50 and i i don't blame him for not being more aggressive there because he's not fast and he's knowing himself and being smarter because if he gets thrown out then he's 
then he's way more way more ridiculed than he is for not being aggressive there because that definitely ends the baseball game as opposed to giving team a chance but this is what Billy Calhoun had to say after the game when it was announced that he was going to be option triple a says I'm gonna go to triple a and put myself in a position to get traded I do want to be traded he also said I don't agree with some of the hitting philosophies from the new guys I don't process that information too well I'm not 6'4 230 pounds which he's obviously referencing Joey Gallo there um I can't hit pop-up home runs very much, very much referencing Joey there. I don't have that leverage. But he also said, I know I can be a 300 hitter. It's going to be in a different uniform for sure. I don't know if I'll play another game in a Rangers uniform. And I let them know that. I feel like it's the same situation as he was referencing the University of Arizona, where he first played and did not do well and was not put in a position to succeed. So he transferred and hit over 400 and had an OPS, I believe, around 1,400 at a junior college where he transferred to and then got drafted in the fourth round by the Dodgers. Um, but he said, I feel like it's the same situation. I've been wanting out for the last year, year and a half. I feel like I need a change of scenery. And uh, that breaks my heart for Willie because he is such a good guy. He is such a hard worker and... The Rangers have really not done him any favors. He has also been, I, I, I feel pretty confident in saying the most unlucky player in all of baseball for the last five years with the getting hit in the face, the getting hit in the arm, the thigh injury is coming at the absolute worst time. And the Rangers demoted him in 2018, which, you know, that was a bit of a shock. And, uh, you know, he took that to heart. And he worked his butt off. They said you weren't in good enough. You aren't in good enough shape, and your numbers hitting wise are down a little bit. And if you're going to be a bat only guy, then you're going to have to hit the ball better or learn to do some other things better. And he took that to heart. He lost 20 pounds, became a much better fielder. I'd say he's a competent left fielder. I don't think he's a DH only at this point. He's got something in there. He's 27 years old. Like he's still got it in there. He's still, you know he's still got a lot of baseball left in his career. And what really sucks for the Rangers is that they're going to have to trade him at the absolute Valley of his value. They are not going to get anything for him. And I am a hundred percent confident that he is going to go somewhere else. Now he calls himself a, a doubles, a line drive hitter and the Rangers are trying to get him to hit the ball in the air more. And that's not where he has success. And I'm having a little bit of questions with this, these hitting instructors because the Rangers offense has been so inconsistent. I know part of it is the baseball being bad and being screwy. And, uh, you know, that's definitely a big part of it because a lot of balls with the same exit velocities and launch angles as where they were hit last year are, uh, not going nearly as far looking at the numbers really baseball wide for the month of april slugging numbers uh ops numbers all of those were way down from where they were i believe 75 points ops wise in all of major league baseball compared to last year that is a non-trivial big difference shortened spring training all that good stuff like it there's a lot of factors going in there but this rangers hitting staff is not doing as well as I wanted them to because if they can't adapt their great philosophies, their, you know, 
a lot of information and and all that nonsense. Dustin Harris talked a lot about how they're really good at distilling information. I think that might have been a little bit of flowery talk. He didn't have the greatest start to his season in terms of hitting the ball hard. And I think he's more of a instinctive hitter, just like Willie Calhoun. And so some of these other guys who are instinctive and not cerebral hitters of like, all right, well, this guy is going to go here, here, here. They're just like Yogi Berra, see ball, hit ball, which, you know, you can be a very effective baseball hitter like that and not be the most cerebral, like not go in depth on every different swing path, whatever, and have success. And if you can't adapt that to your individual player, that is a failing on the coaching staff, a failing in general on this team. And if you're trying to make Willie Calhoun a guy that he's not, then and he's not performing up to your expectations, that's on you. That's on you for trying to change him. I think they've tried to change him several times, and he's been adaptable, and he's been able to do what the Rangers have asked of him time and time and time and time again. And he just keeps getting these bad breaks, and he keeps getting unlucky. And, you know, I have absolutely zero blame for Willie for wanting a trade. Yeah, you might look at his numbers and think, oh, well, uh, he's not hitting, so bah, trade him. This guy has got a great hitter underneath there. There is a reason why the Rangers traded for him, why he was the primary piece in the deal for a Cy Young candidate, perennial Cy Young candidate in you Darvish, even though it was for just half season. But like the Rangers did get a pretty decent package for them at the time. That was seen as pretty okay. Willie Calhoun is a guy who came over and he's like, what position do you play? I play three-hole hitter. He's got that kind of moxie that you absolutely love to see. And you know he was absolutely crushing it with the Dodgers before he was traded. He was crushing it in AAA for that season in 2017, 128 games between AAA with the Dodgers and with the Rangers. He had uh, 538 plate appearances, hitting exactly 300 on base of 355, slugging 572. There's a 927 OPS, 31 homers that season, 27 the season before in 132 games the guy knows how to hit he's got a track record of being a good hitter and the rangers have not put him in positions to succeed and when he has struggled they have put him low in this batting order hitting him consistently seven through nine when his advanced numbers there's because there's no way the rangers are saying oh well you're not hitting uh you know 300 or whatever so we're going to send you down the rangers have all the advanced numbers that i have and more but some of the things he has been pressing a little bit too much in like the last week. He's not pressing, you know, strikeout wise, but he is pulling the ball on the ground a little bit more, not hitting it quite as hard, but still having really, really solid at bats. And he's going to hit the ball on the ground a lot. He is a left-handed pull heavy hitter. That's where he's going to hit his home runs. He's going to be like Ian Kinsler. All of his home runs are going to be pull side. He's going to have some pop-ups. He's going to have some grounders into the shift. But he also can hit the baseball really freaking hard. Some of the time he's going to beat the shift by just hitting the baseball on a line through the shift. And that's great. That is this recipe for a successful major league hitter. That plus competent left fielder makes a pretty decent baseball player. But the Rangers committed too much. They committed to Brad Miller for two years. They committed to Cole Calhoun being that guy in the clubhouse or whatever. His defense has been fine and he's trending upwards a little bit offensively, but he still doesn't have a home run. Willie does. Brad Miller doesn't have a home run since that first weekend. Willie Calhoun does. And the advanced numbers show if you just stick with him and stop DHing, stop like putting him at the end, stop platooning him. He hits lefties well. He hits righties well. I don't know why on earth they feel called to make this decision. 
Send Nick Sowak down. Send somebody else down. Send a pitcher down. You don't have to carry an 18-man bullpen all the time. Keep Roy Calhoun in there. Keep him in your lineup. I get that you want to have the DH spot for Mitch Garver. That's a smart move. But you can put Willie in left field more often than you're putting Brad Miller there. Brad Miller has some has some pop, has something there. But he, he at his peak is not the hitter that Willie Calhoun is, that you know he can be, that you believed he could be when you freaking traded for him. They have absolutely done a huge disservice to Willie Calhoun. I don't blame him for wanting a trade. He should want out. He's going to go somewhere else. And best of luck to him when he's kicking the Rangers' ass in whatever team he's playing for next because they will 110% deserve it. And I will be rooting for him 130% along the way at his next place. Even if he does absolutely crush it in AAA, I don't know that the Rangers are going to give him a fair shake to go and be their everyday DH. I really freaking hope they do. Um, but here are some of the things that they had to say about him. Chris Woodward said early on, I felt like we were seeing what we were seeing was good. I was training in the right direction. I think lately it's gone a little bit backwards. Obviously he's still walking. He's not chasing. Some of the peripherals have been good, but the swing itself, we've asked him to work it a little bit more vertical with his swing aka they're trying to get him to launch more balls in the air um i don't want to get too technical which i wish you would woody so you could actually tell us what the heck is going on as opposed to just beating around the bush um but picking up where he said but some of the uh old over the top uh out around swings are showing up a lot more especially on pitches in the heart of the plate right now we're not looking at this as a for sure long-term solution. This is what we feel is best for Willie, for the team. But Willie needs to make, I wouldn't say significant change, but he's got hes got to have a little bit more understanding of how that sort of works best for him. Hopefully he, he'll take the plan we have for him, go down, and he'll get consistent at-bats. Well, consistent at-bats would have been freaking nice at the big league level for him to kind of figure it out there. But you didn't give him those there. It's not exactly a uh, a not loaded outfield in Round Rock. I know if he's not playing every single day in Round Rock, then what the hell are you even doing? Um, but this is what Chris Young had to say about him. He said, "We're looking to we're looking to get Willie going. Uh, this game is about performance. If he goes out and performs at a high level, there will be an opportunity for him." That was in a text to Levi Weaver when Levi asked for comment from. Chris Young. That is not inspiring stuff from either of those guys. And I feel like it doesn't explain this move. There's a lot more moves you could have made. You, you could have made some different choices. You could have sent another bullpen guy down. You didn't have to have this nine-man bullpen, especially after a really, really nice weekend. Actually, you know, nice last week from your starters. You got John Gray, who is coming up. And, uh, you know, I don't know. You could have sent Glenn Otto down. You could have made, could have made a dozen different choices that they decided not to make. They decided to make this one. They decided to do Willie Calhoun wrong, to be part of the things going wrong against him, the unluckiest player in baseball for the last five years, who has a great hitter inside of him, and it's going to be unleashed at the major league level one day. I know it will, but it's looking like it's not going to be for the Rangers, and it's their own damn fault. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Now, on tomorrow's show, I will have a crossover episode with our new Locked On Phillies host. We'll be talking about the Rangers series there, about Kyle Gibson, about how I hate that the Rangers had to give him up, and Spencer Howard not looking great. Um, but I, might, I might have a little more, a little more fire in tomorrow's episode, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, go make your second listen Locked On MLP. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully. 
It brings you a unique perspective on the Major League's past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.